As we press on in our series on the Sermon on the Mount, we move today into the seventh chapter of Matthew. We've been in the fifth chapter and the sixth chapter, and now we move in the seventh chapter. And you will see, I think it's on the screen, the title to the sermon, To Judge No Slash Yes with a Question Mark. So already you're confused. But let's seek the Lord and not be confused. Because we're going to look at chapter 7, verses 1 through 6 today. And they're going to be on the screen and in your Bible and in my comments to you. So I want to read through this whole passage as we start today. If that can get to the screen, I would like to ask you to just slowly, uh, meditatively concentrate on what God's Word is saying. It says, do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. When all the time there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, this is a very intriguing passage of Scripture that we do need to seek the Lord very, very deeply so that he can teach us about what this is all about. Now, I want to make a comparison from what we're starting on today with where we started last Sunday. Last Sunday when I stepped up here to share with you from the sixth chapter of Matthew, we had a declarative statement saying, do not worry. And it was backed up by all sorts of other places in Scripture that indicated that you shouldn't be afraid or you shouldn't be anxious, you shouldn't live in worry, that you needed to trust the Lord, and I shared those with you. But we started with do not worry. Well, where are we starting today? Do not judge. But the comparison is these, though they sound absolutely similar, actually are two very different concepts. Because in the context of do not worry, last week, we looked at several aspects of that that indicated from other scripture over and over and over that we were just not supposed to worry. We were not supposed to be afraid that it was part of God's plan to be at peace and to be uh, trusting in him completely and totally. Now this week, do not judge even though this is used an awful lot 
in Christian people to say, well, you're not supposed to judge me. You're not supposed to judge ever. You're not supposed to judge right or wrong. So, because in the seventh chapter, in the first verse, it says, do not judge. But wait, please. Is that really what is being said here? When you take it in the full context of what Scripture says, are we never to judge something that's wrong? I want you to think about that because that's the question that we've got to wrestle with today. Are we to never judge wrongness? in the world, or in each other, or in how we live our lives, or we never to judge ourselves, never to judge our neighbor. In many, many passages of Scripture, all the way back in the Old Testament, and I will share some particularly from the New Testament, but all the way back even into the book of Leviticus, Scripture says, you are to judge your neighbor Righteously. Now there's the key word. Righteously. Now the fact is. And I'll talk a little more about this in a moment. But you and I have our own personal agendas. For judgment. We want things a particular way. And when somebody else or something else. Is not the particular way that we like it. Then we start judging in a improper kind of way. We are supposed to judge right and wrong righteously. And where do you get righteousness from? From the Holy Spirit with the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. And so, are we ever to judge things that are wrong? I would have to say that from Scripture and the full context of this, that we are to judge in a proper, godly, spiritual, Holy Spirit way. We are to judge right and wrong. Now, I would even take you to the book of John, chapter 7. We're going to look at this verse, very short verse. And it is Jesus himself saying that we're not judge on mere impressions but that we are to judge correctly righteously properly now let me tell you a little bit about the story here with Jesus because this is Jesus himself coming under judgment from the Jews you're aware that Jesus and the Jews and the Jewish leadership were always at odds they were always trying to judge and get Jesus in some sort of a trap. And here they had set up a plot. This is in the middle of his ministry. They had already set up a plot to kill him. He was in Galilee. If you know anything about the Holy Land and you look at Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, they're a long way away from each other. Galilee is in the northern part of the region. And Jesus and all of his disciples were up in Galilee in their ministry. And Jesus 
I guess rightly, rightly understood, was concerned about this plot to kill him. And so he was staying in Galilee because most of the Jewish leaders were down in Judea, mostly in Jerusalem. And now they had come to the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And Jesus and his disciples were staying up in Galilee, and his disciples said, Lord, we need to go back down to Jerusalem and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles as good Jewish people as we are. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to go down there. And they said, well, but we need to go. You need to be in front of the people and do your miracles. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going. You go. And sure enough, his disciples left and went down, went to Jerusalem to prepare for the Feast of Tabernacles, the Jewish celebration. And then Scripture tells us that Jesus left Galilee secretively and went to Jerusalem. He went into the midst of the threat. And a little bit later, as the Feast of Tabernacles began, Jesus went to the temple and began to teach, as he always would do. And, of course, the Jewish leadership and the Jewish people confronted him, and they challenged him, and he spoke to them. And he said, I don't understand. Moses has given you the law that you're to follow, and none of you, he said to the Jewish people, none of you follow the law. And then he said, why are you trying to kill me? And they said, you're demon-possessed. This is all in the seventh chapter of John. You're demon-possessed. Basically, they're saying, Jesus, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. And he knew, certainly he knew, all-knowing Lord, Almighty God, he knew that they had plotted to kill him and that they were judging him and that they had already decided that because really this all came from him healing a man on the Sabbath, breaking the Sabbath law. And he said, you people, even though you don't follow the law of Moses, you circumcise because that fits your tradition and you follow that part of the law, but you don't follow the other part of the law. And he said, why in the world do you get on me when I heal a man on the Sabbath when you circumcise on the Sabbath? He said, stop judging me and judge correctly. Stop judging me by mere appearances. Now, that is a statement of Jesus himself saying that we're supposed to judge correctly. We're supposed to judge righteously. We're supposed to judge according to what the Spirit says. Now, the foundation is judging in and through the Holy Spirit. There's another passage in 1 John, the fourth chapter. We want to look at that. This is where it says to test every spirit. Now, you've heard that and you know that. But let's read it. It says, dear, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. What does that mean, folks? Doesn't that mean to judge the spirits, whether they are godly spirits or ungodly spirits? Do not believe every spirit, because some spirits, there is wrong in this world. 
And we have to pay attention to that. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Spirits from God are righteous. They are correct. They are proper. See whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So if, in fact, the judgment, the spirit of judgment, the judgment that you and I would involve ourselves in, if we can recognize that that is from God, if others can recognize that that is from God, if others can see that our judgment is based on the righteousness given to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, at this point, let me remind you of something, and I've said this many times. The fact is, is that you and I are dual creatures. We have two natures. Always. Always. <laughs> we were born into a sinful nature. And you and I are sinful creatures. We will be this dual nature until we die and go to be with the Lord or until Jesus Christ comes back to this earth. So yes, I and you, we are sinful creatures. But we are also spiritual creatures. In fact, we have the power and the ability to be supernatural. Not in yourself, not in myself, but in and through the Holy Spirit. And so in this whole business of judgment, we have to be working really hard to see which of these two natures we're going to live in and operate in. Now, if we operate in the sinful, the selfish, the self-centered, the own agenda, our own preferences, our own ideas, then we're not going to judge righteously. If we operate in the spiritual nature, then we are going to operate righteously. Now, let's go back to our original scripture. Let's go back to the 7th chapter of Matthew, verses 3, 4, and 5. I want us to look at that for a moment because in this we find something very, very powerful for judgment, for relationships, for families, for churches, for any kind of interpersonal relationship because it says, why do you look at a speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now, this scripture is talking to you and me. Why do I look at this little speck in my brother's eye? This little small issue in my brother's eye. Why do I judge that when I got a log, a board in my own eye? This is such a dramatic piece of scripture that we need to pay such close attention to. Then it goes on to say, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a board, a plank in my own eye? You hypocrite, it says. Now that's a stinging term. And Jesus Christ is saying this 
to you and me. You hypocrite. He is stinging us with that term because when we look at this and look at the speck in our brother's eye and ignore the log or the plank in our own eye, we are being hypocrites because we're saying, you need to get straight, but I got this own issue in my own life. You need to, to stop sinning, but I've got this struggle in my own life. And so it's saying, you hypocrite. And then it goes on to say, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see or see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Because I would say to you that in relationships, in your family relationships, in your marriage relationship in your church relationship, if you and I would get this passage of Scripture correct, you would actually, and I'm in favor of this, you would take me out of a job as far as being a counselor. That's how important this is. I've done a lot of marriage counseling in 50 years. I want to tell you something. When a husband and wife come to see me for marriage counseling and they sit in my office and they are in a desperate terrible struggle between this man and this woman this husband and this wife I will assure you when they first come into my office I will promise you that he is an absolute expert in everything she does wrong and she is an absolute expert and everything he does wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, as a therapist wanting to help this couple, I will tell you if and when I can ever get them, him to look at himself and what he does wrong, and her to look at herself and whatever she does wrong, then I'm halfway there. They're halfway there toward reconciliation, toward proper judgment. But we have a, a situation going on in all of us where we do a really good job at looking at the other person's mistakes. And in fact, this is something in psychology we call projection. Now, if you've ever taken introductory psych, you might recognize this as one of the defense mechanisms that psychology and counseling talks about. Projection is what I'm talking about here, where you and I have something inside of us that we struggle with various things, and what we tend to do is we project that onto the other person. Now, that is not righteous, godly, Holy Spirit judgment. That is your own sinfulness. That is my own sinfulness bringing about destruction and problems in a relationship. When I project my struggles, my failures, my sin onto somebody else. This is what this is saying. If you're looking at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, there's every chance you're projecting some of your own struggles onto them. 
and you're calling that wrong, that is not good judgment. But then when it comes down here and it says, you hypocrite, first take the plank or the board out of your own eye and then you will see clearly. I want to stop on that phrase right there. When you take the plank out of your own eye, when you deal with yourself, remember what I said about the husband? If he would start dealing with himself, the wife, if she would start dealing with herself, then we're halfway there. We're on the road to recovery. We're on the road to good judgment. We're on the road to reconciliation. That's because when you and I start looking at ourselves first and basing our judgment on getting me straight under the Lord's guidance, then it says right here a powerful statement. Then you will see clearly. You will see in truth. You will judge properly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, right there, it's saying that you and I done properly, we can and should be judging, helping, not condemning, but helping our brother and our sister. Because when we see clearly, when we see in truth, when we see through the Holy Spirit's guidance following this scripture, then we can help, help, help remove the speck, whatever is in the brother's eye. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment because that's not a natural process. Remember, I'm saying the natural process is for to, us to accuse and judge the other person for what all they're doing wrong, and then we forget. That's what this is saying. We ignore what's going on in ourselves. When we can deal with ourselves, then we can see clearly. I'll tell you another thing. If you're dealing with your, your spouse or with somebody in church or in a relationship, I promise you, when you're willing to admit, to confess, to take responsibility for your own failures, to even repent for your own failures, I promise you, you're earning the right, a, a loving right, a godly right, to help your brother or sister or your husband or your wife or your child or anybody, you're earning the right to help them straighten out some of their own struggles. We all struggle. And so this passage of Scripture is very, very important. And in it, we are told that we are to judge. We're to judge ourselves, but then properly, righteously Holy Spirit led, then we're to judge other people. Now, we go on to verse number 6. Now, remember, this is Jesus Christ teaching and talking. Actually, verse 6, chapter 7 of the book of Matthew, most of the time is not even discussed. It's actually left out. Now, that's not right. Jesus didn't leave it out. So what does he mean when he says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. 
If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, you may not have even ever heard that, that verse or not studied it. I hope you have. But I'm telling you, people look at that and say, why did Jesus even say that? Don't give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. Now, I am going to say to you, and I'm going to, we're going to put a couple of scriptures under this, that Jesus is saying that you and I are to choose to judge those that are worthy and those that are unworthy. That there are people in this world, and I'm sorry I even have to say this, there are people in this world that are dogs and pigs. And Jesus is saying that because of their proven track record of being unworthy, and we judge that so through the Holy Spirit's guidance, that we're not to waste time. We're not to spend time. Now, with those that are worthy, absolutely. Patience, mercy, love, long-suffering. Yes, because it takes some of us a long time to get the truth. So those that are worthy, if we, through the Holy Spirit, can see that there is hopefulness and worthiness and receptivity in others, then mercy and love and long-suffering and patience. I want us to be patient. The Lord wants us to be patient. But does the Lord want us when people are not receptive when they're not willing to consider, they're not going to honor, maybe even ridicule the plan and the word of God. Does he say, do not throw what is sacred to the dogs and what is good to the pigs? Now let's look at a couple of scriptures where the phrase that Jesus used with his disciples is that, they were to shake the dust off of their feet. You're familiar with that, but let's look at this in Matthew 10. Jesus has sent his disciples out to minister. He has told them to go and evangelize. Go and share the gospel. Go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And then he says, whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person. And stay at their house until you leave. They're to judge those that are worthy. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, in other words, if they're not receptive, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off of your feet. Now that's a very hard statement because in the Lord I believe in love and peace and long-suffering and patience. But Jesus is saying that if somebody is going to continually prove that they're not receiving, they're not paying attention, maybe they're ridiculing, maybe they're totally against he is saying, leave that home or town 
and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Now, folks, this is a hard statement. I'm sorry it even has to be there. But there are people in this world that will not follow the Lord. There are people in this world that will not receive the gospel or will not receive God's plan or God's will or the glory of God and not dedicate it. And Jesus is saying to his disciples 2,000 years ago, shake the dust off of your feet. Now, that's not the only place it is in Scripture. If you go to the 13th chapter of Acts, let's go there and look at this because this is Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. Now, Paul and Barnabas are ministering. They're sharing the gospel. They are being blessed. Amazing blessings coming with people responding. And yet, guess what's happening as Paul and Barnabas are out doing all of this one? The Jews are jealous. They don't want the message of Jesus Christ. They don't want that to happen. And yet, Paul and Barnabas are spreading it out and people are responding and there are all sorts of good things happening, but now here we have these Jews that are jealous. And so the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standard and the leading men of the city. So here the Jews, the Jewish leadership, stirring up, inciting the people to oppose And so they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. They kicked Paul and Barnabas out of the area where they were. And what does it say next? So they, Paul and Barnabas, messengers from Almighty God, so they, Paul and Barnabas, shook the desk dust off of their feet as a warning to them and went on to Iconium. They left town and went to another city. And then it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now again, I'm simply sharing with you what God's word says. So are we to judge Not in your own power. No. Not in my own power. No. Because I'm sinful. I'm flawed. You're sinful. You're flawed. But what Scripture is telling us is to judge righteously. Judge correctly. Judge under the power and the presence and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that is the foundation. We must, you and I must, in order to judge properly, we must be in a deep, significant relationship with Jesus Christ. Because in being in that kind of relationship, and let me tell you, not just in that relationship, but in the total lifestyle that Jesus Christ asked for from me and you, then we have the Holy Spirit moving our mind and our judgments. And I would then love to declare in me and you 
and we can accomplish this only through the Holy Spirit is that then the judgments that we put out in front of us are put out with our family or with our husband or our wives or our church family if 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 the holy spirit is deep within us moving as i'm talking about right now then the judgments are in him the holy spirit and only in him they're just coming through me and you but that is the call for you and me that we're to commit ourselves to that that we're to stand in the absolute truth of the Holy Spirit and that we're to get away from judging incorrectly, which means with my own personal agenda. This is what this is. We are to judge absolutely. And when we judge, and here's the final statement that I share with you, when we judge properly, righteously, in and through the Holy Spirit, then in ourselves and in our brothers and sisters, there will be peace. If we judge improperly, there will be war. We judge righteously through the Holy Spirit, and there will be peace. Let's pray.